All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Catching Up with Chubbs. I'm your host, Colin Hubbard. We have producer Jake Cantrell across the room. How are we doing? And today we're joined by a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Troy Hoff, formerly the East Side head football coach and now has a new job. He was recently hired as the Woodstock head football coach. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. No doubt. I mean, we go back to my uh, Rockdale Newton sports editor days, met you, what, 2018, and, um, you know, yes, sir. been yeah. a part of some uh, fun games over there at Eastside, man. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about. I want to kind of dive into your history here to begin um, to kind of, you know, let your, your new family at Woodstock learn a little bit about you. So I know you're from South Dakota originally, so how, how on earth did you end up in the state of Georgia from South Dakota? Right. That, that's always, uh, always, uh, the question that comes up because it's, uh, not a common path uh, no to be honest with you. I was coaching football at my alma mater, Northern state university and, and a couple, you know, close friends of mine that I work with, um, Andy Carr and Andy Johnson. Uh, we were on staff together and, um, both of them spent time in the South. Um, Andy Johnson's currently the head coach at Boone high school in Orlando. Um, Andy Carr spent some time down here at a couple high schools in, Florida and in Georgia before he went back to the college game as a head coach. Um, and so always knew the quality of football down here, you know, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, Georgia doesn't take a backseat to, to very many States when it comes to the quality of the high school football programs. Right. And so always knew that that was uh, a desirable location. Um, great place to live. Uh, the climate's a whole lot better guys, you know, it's, oh, I bet. <laughs> so um, it worked out. I, I got, I was currently at the high school in Aberdeen. I had shifted over from college and, um, those guys were looking at, at some different jobs down here. Um, I got hooked up with coach Hurst and we hit it off, came down and visited and, um, uh, met with our offensive staff at that time, coach Cawthon and coach Iverson, um, who you know, very well, Colin, and we've been together for, you know, 16 years, uh, since. So, you know, it really worked out. I got to give Coach Hurst a lot of credit, you know, believing in me. And, you know, we saw the game the same way. Uh, we believed in the same principles and standards and expectations of running and building a program. And, uh, he had a vision for what he said could be. And that was, uh, that was a huge part of it. And then, you know, the rest of the guys in the room, um, you know, it, it worked out from there. Right. So were you, I know you're married now. Were you married at the time before you moved down here or did all that happen once you got to Georgia? Uh, no, I was married when we moved down. So, okay. So I bet that made the move a little bit easier. That the fact that you were going to be with, with someone you had already been with for a while instead of just moving down here all by yourself. Yeah. Yes. And no, uh, I always tell people that and even with my latest move, uh, and my wife is, is phenomenal coach's wife and we've been together for 23 years. Um, you know, the football part of it, a lot of, a lot of times that's the easy decision, um, with, with the family, my daughter was three at the time, um, you know, moving away from our family, that was a tough part. So, sure. but, uh, they were on board with it. Like I said, she's, she's a top notch coach's wife and, uh, you know, been there through it all. So, um, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without that. Right. So you get to Eastside and you spend 10 years, right. As an assistant coach, 10 as an assistant. Yes, sir. So did you always have, you know, the plan to, to want to be a head coach one day? And, and if so, what was it tough having to wait 10 years? Did you, were you looking to be a head coach sooner than that? Or did it just kind of all work out, you know, perfectly? Uh, a little bit of, 
of everything you said. I think, you know, looking back at it, yes, I wanted to be a head coach at some point in time. Um, on the other hand, I was in a good situation and, and my career path probably a little bit unique because I haven't jumped around a ton. Um, and that's partially why I got out of the college game um, as well as the finances <laughs> when you're coaching D2 football. Um, but we're really lucky to, to be at a great place with a great staff and, and enjoyed working here. And, and obviously we're winning and having success. I mean, not, not every year, but um, believed in what we were doing and, and the guys in the room and you know the, the administration at Eastside, um, great place to live and, and have our family. So uh, there were some times I looked, um, obviously, you know, in this business, sometimes to get to where you want to go, you got to leave. And um, fortunately for me, it, it did all work out. You know, Coach Hurst uh, took the Pepperell job. I had been his assistant head coach. Um, and, um, you know, looking back at it, uh, the, the transition was was pretty smooth for me. You know, it's never easy when, you, when you're making that transition, um, you know, from a coordinator or position coach or whatever it may be to the head coach. But, uh, again, I got to give him a lot of credit because uh, he, he set me up in a good position leading up to that point. No doubt. Yeah. Speaking more of Rick Hurst, how, how important and how big of a role did he play in just molding you as a coach and, and preparing you to be a head coach one day? Yeah, I think his, his, uh, you know, I guess willingness to involve me with, with what's happening when you sit in that chair was, was really big. Um, and I'd been fortunate to work with really good college coaches that I played for, you know, Dr. Dennis Miller, um, just retired a couple of years ago. Um, I started off with him and he started the program at Wisconsin Lutheran. He recruited me and who I started with. And I think that's kind of where my foundation goes back to. And then I worked for Ken Heupel at Northern State. He was my head coach for two years, three years. Um, his son's Josh, now the, the head coach at Tennessee. Um, but those two guys really kind of set me on the path and, you know, got, got me to a point um, – of thinking about coaching and, and getting a start in the business. And then um, I worked for Mike Flockus at Central High School in Aberdeen, who was a, who was a college player, college coach. We sh- kind of shared the same upbringing at the same university. Um, and he, same way, he, he was really, really open with me. He's a guy I still talk to today. We just talked a couple weeks ago where he had been there and done that. And, and he wasn't afraid to, you know, not hold back anything. And when I got to work for Rick, it was the same way. And as obviously the more and more years we spent together, um, that, that was a huge part of, um, obviously, you know, being able to take over the program and and keep moving forward. Right. And most people would argue, you know, that George is one of the top two or three top four, you know, states in the country when it comes to high school football and, and the talent that it has down here. What do you feel like was the biggest difference or biggest shock to you right away from moving from South Dakota down to Georgia and getting a, a, a taste of what the talent was like down here? I don't think it was a shock because coming from college, I, I already knew what the game was about right. because, because of film and seeing, seeing, um, seeing the players, seeing the level. I think what you realize is, um, day in, day out, how those programs are run and how it does a lot of times mirror more like a college program uh, than, than the traditional high school sense of a lot of other states. I think the freedom you have to work with your athletes, I think the GHSA has done a great job of not being too restrictive. Um, 
allowing you time to work with these guys in the off season. Um, you know, the program involvement, uh, you said it, football's a big deal in the South. It's a big deal in Georgia. And, um, when you have that, you've got people invested in programs and communities. And, um, and I'm not saying it isn't like that other places it is, but as a state, you know, top to bottom, east to west, um, there's programs everywhere in this state that are top-notch and successful that could go anywhere in the nation and compete. And this might be a silly question, but, um, like, what is the point, you know, of these restrictions or whatever, you know, that, I mean, like you said, you know, the GHSA is maybe a little less restrictive in the offseason or whatever, but, I mean, what is the point in, in having that? I mean, I guess maybe that's an obvious thing, but. Um, I think sometimes it's maybe goes back to some school sizes and not interfering with other sports. Um, and I think maybe in some scenarios and states, it's to level the playing field between maybe those that have more resources and those that don't. Um, I know even at Eastside, us being a 5A school, you know, if I take my staff right now, there's a lot of staffs that um, in, in a lot of schools and even 7A where coaches coach multiple sports and you've got athletes playing multiple sports. So um, if, if you don't have any restrictions and football is, I guess, wide open all the time, um, you can see some of that, that secondary sports suffer. Um, I think there's a good balance here between that. Um, but again, you still got to work with it. I'm a big proponent of our kids playing multiple sports and, and Colin, you know, from watching our guys, some of our best players, you know, if I go down the list, most of them. Uh, we're, we're multi-sport athletes and I still am a, a, a huge believer in that. Right. I look at Eric Stokes right off the bat, huge track Absolutely. athlete, goes to UGA and uh, now he's, uh, you know, might end up being a first round draft pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. Wait till he rips that 40 off and we might not be seeing Mike anymore. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So just looking at Eastside's history, Eastside started in 2005. So you got, or not 2005, but that's when Rick Hurst got there in 2005. Yes, sir. Since you've yep. been there, what, only that very first season was the only losing season you've ever seen it since you've been at Eastside? Yeah, man, we went 0-10. <laughs> that, was a, that was a tough year. But I, I tell you what, and, and I tell a lot of young coaches this that have been in, in struggling programs, uh, we're not that far away from that, and I'll never forget it. Um, you know, it, it was – a situation where we came into a program that, that was struggling. Um, I think they had lost 12 or 14 in a row. And, um, you know, we were in some tight games. Uh, we, we look back at that and say, if we'd have won a couple games early on, I think, you know, <clears throat> we'd, we'd have maybe had a chance to, you know, win four or five ball games that year. But, uh, yeah, that was the start of it. No doubt. And since then, you've never seen a losing season. You've, you've had a couple five-win seasons. But just right. just how how – was, how has Eastside been able to have that sustain, sustained of success under Hearst? And then when you took over, you've had a you know a tre- tremendous amount of success since you took over in 2015. I mean, it's it's not easy to do uh, over that long of a period. No, it's it's not. And and I try to remind our coaches and players of this all the time to not take it for granted. There, there's a price that needs to be paid um, to, to get to that point. Uh, we've been blessed with some great players, number one. Um, you you got to have talent to, to keep winning games in the state, no doubt about it. Um, from there, we've always felt like our kids work really, really hard. You know, I, we hold them to a standard um, and an expectation. And as a program, when you're able to establish it 
and and build that. And it comes from the players, uh, and it comes from your best players. Um, I know the word culture gets thrown around a lot, but there's an expectation and a culture from those guys that left here, like Eric Stokes, like Garrett Stevens, um, you know, Caleb Allen, Josh Sims, um, you know, Austin Holloway, who's playing baseball now. Uh, they show up on our sidelines. Our guys see them. Sheldon Rankins is in on Zoom meetings, you know, this summer. So uh, it wasn't easy to build, but when the kids buy into it, and the players take the ownership and there's that expectation, um, then they take over. And and as coaches, it's our job to keep facilitating that and and making sure that we're doing everything we can uh, to promote that environment. And again, like I said, our our kids work hard. Uh, They they take it as a challenge. Um, Every new team that steps on the field and um, they've really embraced that. Yeah, and, and you mentioned, you know, culture change, and that seems to be like the buzzword nowadays is yeah. change the culture or whatever. Um, so first, I mean, when, when you guys got there, was there, a, like, did there need to be a culture change that, that went from 0 and 10 to what you guys were then? And then also, I mean, how important is it, uh, I guess, like the continuity aspect of, I, I mean, it seems like you just see so many times where, you know, a new coach comes in their first year, you know, they have you know, a losing season and then people like, Oh, here we go again. And then they give up on that or whatever too soon where, I mean, how, I mean, it just seems like overwhelming to take over a whole program. Yeah. And and you're, you're right. You're hitting it on the head of today's day and age being wanting the quick fix and the results now. Um, and, and I think very few people understand the work that has to go into, um, building that culture. Uh, you can't just put signs on your wall and say, I changed the culture. Uh, you know, that, that doesn't work. It's got to come from the ground level. And I believe it starts with the coaching staff and your expectations of your kids. Uh, but from there, the, the players got to buy in. And, and when you aren't winning, that is hard because you're trying to sell a product. And at the same time, they may not be seeing the results in the win-loss column on the scoreboard. So um, I think it's important that we, we still are this way, you know, t- to this day of, don't worry about the scoreboard. That takes care of itself. And I know it's kind of a cliche. Uh, we, we've had next rep as one of our key things all the time. You know, the ball's down, that play's over. You know, let's go. And I think as a program, you got to kind of think that way too. Um, you're not ignoring the past, but at the same time, um, you know, what can we do right now to get better? I know Nick Saban's a big, big guy on that of, you know, clean the slate. We're moving forward. What can we do right now to get better? Um, but you got, your kids got to embrace that. Um, and, and they need to be able to look <clears throat> if you are struggling coaches too, because it's real easy to get negative as a coach and get down and, and start questioning what you're doing if you're not winning. Uh, but at the same time, know that if you believe in your plan and, and you're seeing those improvements, it may not equate to wins and losses right away, but you know, just stay in the course. Right. So you make the huge move from South Dakota all the way down here in your first season, you go, zero and 10, <laughs> Was there any any doubt like, oh, man, maybe I need to need to start looking at houses back up in South Dakota. Maybe I'm not cut out for this down here. Brother, that was a long year, uh, man. There was a lot of nights spent on my back deck. Talked to Coach I and then uh, talking about that. Coach Hurst. Uh, wow. I, I think, you know, to answer completely honestly, I don't know if I ever had the thought of bailing, <laughs> but uh, that was a long year. But, but I learned a lot too, 
But at the end of the day, we believed in what we were doing and we knew we had some young kids uh, that were talented. And so it wasn't disregard from the seniors. Um, but at the same time, we felt like if we'd have had more time with them, that things would have been different. And, and I think we had that belief in ourselves. Um, you know, maybe looking back, maybe we were a little, you know, we were young then. We were probably arrogant saying we can fix this. <laughs> um, right. But I think, you know, we were seeing the change in the weight room. We saw the change in the off season. Um, we saw our kids, you know, getting more confident. And then, you know, as we were able to build our scheme into things and then have that first full off season with them, um, where, where we felt like we turned the corner. No doubt. So you take, you finally take over at head coach in 2015 after Rick Hurst goes to Pepperell, like you said before, and you guys, the only time you've missed the playoffs since then was that very first season and came very close to making the playoffs that year too. So how how fun has this last six years been for you as head coach and, and just, you know, picking up where uh, coach Hurst left off? Yeah. Coach Hurst, you know, we, we talk about that a lot is, you know, when he was making that transition, you know, definitely left the program in, in a better place than when he got here. Right. And I think any of us that are in this profession and, and are um, fortunate to leave on your own terms, because we know that doesn't always happen, that, that that's our wish. You know, that when you when you leave a program that you're going out and you made things better and um, you're leaving in a good place. So. Yeah, that, that transition was, was good. Uh, you know, the first year was tough. We, we had a talented team and, um, you know, came down to the end of the game and, and again, just didn't make enough plays. Um, but but we, were, we were learning uh, about what kind of identity we were going to be at that point in time. We knew we had some good kids. Um, but, you know, kind of looking back, it, it propelled us forward into – you know, 16, 17, 18, where you look at, at some of the success those teams had. Some of those kids were part of that. So um, sometimes to get to where you, you think your program needs to be and can be, um, you got to go through those tough things. You know, it's not always easy. Right. And you, you spoke about Eric Stokes a little bit earlier and, and you know, the career path he's had was is pretty interesting. I mean, he was a big track guy, won a, won a couple of state titles in track, um, just insane amount of speed. He ends up going to UGA and, you know, now is, is preparing for the draft, man. How fun of a guy was, was Stokes to cover and, 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 and coach and how much better has he gotten since, you know, those first early days when you, when you saw him? Well, he's always been talented and, and to set the record straight, he's always been a football guy first. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get on. You're gonna you're gonna get get the eyebrow raised from him because that, that was always been a question. We laugh about it, uh, even in recruiting. Is, is he a track guy? And it's like, you know, push play. You know, watch him play. For sure. Uh, he's in there power cleaning in 275 uh, during track season. Uh, what what happened with that is he's always been talented on the football field. Obviously, raw skills and speed, um, and uh, obviously was fast, faster than than a, you know most people across the nation at his, his size range, especially. And uh, he had success in track and then started taking it seriously. you got to give Coach Iverson a lot of credit there of uh, developing him as a track athlete because uh, it started off with something he liked to do um, and, and still did all the way through, uh, but, but realized uh, how successful he could be in there uh, in, in that arena training for track. So, to see him grow, the kid's always been a competitor. Uh, and that's why I tell people, of, of, you know, does it surprise me that he's going to the NFL? Yes and no. 
know from the standpoint of his skill set and how competitive he really, really is. Yes, and the fact that, man, it's really happening for him. You know, you, you, you see a kid like that that has put his time in. Uh, he's been fantastic off the field. There, there isn't one single incident in his history there, and that's what people love about him, too. He's a great kid. People like him, um, and, and he's done nothing but work. And I think that's what that we're most proud of. Right. So in Newton County, where Eastside's located, you have three high schools. Newton County is is the the biggest of the three. Did you guys? Do you feel like your guys almost play with a chip on their shoulder with all the attention Newton would get, you know, on a year to year basis? And you know, they they obviously have always had a bunch of a bunch of talent over there, and and rightfully so. But you know, I feel like some people would overlook Eastside, and, and a lot of the times you could argue that Eastside was having the most consistent uh, seasons on a year to year basis, and was still producing a lot of college talent, but um, at the end of the day, you know, Newton had the name from the county in their in their their school title, while Eastside didn't. So, do you feel like that uh, that affected any of your players and maybe made them play a little bit harder, just knowing that hey, we're, you know, Newton's not the only good high school in this county? Yeah, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit. Bit it's never been a focal point on ours. I know it's a rival game and we play them, right? Um, but but our whole focal point's always been look that. We want to win. We want to beat Alcove and Newton. You want to defend your home turf and, and run the county. No doubt about it. But at the end of the day, uh, our goal is whatever region we're in and whoever's top in that region that we need to take the title from them. No that, that's who's number one. So that became Woodward. Uh, that became Clark Central now. Uh, again, some, some historic programs. Before that, we had Griffin to deal with. Um, so I said, uh, you know, we had to focus where you're putting the target. Um, and, and again, those county rival games are great. Uh, these kids grow up playing together um, and against each other, and, and it's always been a, a huge event. You get to play in front of a packed stadium, and um, that experience that a lot of kids don't get. Uh, I'm sure, you know, if you'd ask some of them, there would be a chip on their shoulder when you play those games because it is about pride. You know, it's like Georgia, Georgia Tech. Uh, any, any, any major rivalry, you know, you want to have, if you're in the same region, same area, um, you know, those, those are those games that, you know, from the outside, a lot of people focal point on. Um, but I think our kids did a good job of managing it. We never made it out to be, you know, it's the be all end all of the season. You know, it's a game and we're going to have fun. We're going to play. But uh, at the end of the day, to get to where we want to go, um, you know, we got bigger games coming. And, and I think our kids kind of embrace that. I think with them more so than comparing themselves to people in county, um, was a bigger picture. Um, just get out and compete. You know, we want a region presence. You want to win games. You want to be the program people look at. And you alluded to it, the consistency level, uh, the playoff wins, the, the, the runs we've had. Um, you want to be the people in the county that they're talking about because you're winning games. And I think our kids embrace that. Right. You know, like you said, you know, you have a lot of success. 51 wins in your in your season since 2015. When when did just did it start to pop in your head that hey maybe I might want to um you know test the waters and see if there's any uh, any moves I might make to a to a bigger school or you know maybe you know want to leave Eastside was this a pretty recent thing or is this something you maybe have been thinking about for the past two or three years? No, very recent. Um, honestly, I, I love Eastside. Uh, I've been here a long time. This is this is home, and you know like I like I tell people I'm still gonna bleed green. This is a special place. Uh, Jeff Cheer, my principal, um, has been nothing but fabulous to me, and we've worked together 
for 16 years in different capacities. Um, Dr. Phil Davidson, my athletic director, uh, we came in to, the same year together when I got the head job. So th this place is special and a lot of special people. So it was never a situation where I was looking actively uh, to leave. Uh, the situation with Woodstock came up um, where it, it, it came open. Um, there was mutual interest. And um, I guess here we are today. So, you know, things kind of worked out. Um, you know, in this business, timing is everything. Um, looking at our season, we had a great season. And when you look back, we got a lot of great players coming back. You know, there's a ton of kids with offers right now. And, um, you know, things are in a good place here where, um, as I went into the process, you know, really, really open-minded uh, that, you know, as I went through it, knew it could be a possibility. And uh, the further I went into it, 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 everything worked out and it felt right. At what point did you start those conversations with him? And did you want to, uh, you know, you know, investigate what the, what the program was all about and, you know, the location and all that before you made this decision, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, absolutely. This has been going on since, uh, let me think here. We got, we finished in the playoffs, I believe December 11th, we got beat in the quarters. So it was, it was sometime after that. Gotcha. What, what was your kind of your initial reaction to, um, just the school and the program in the area? Uh, it's a great school, number one, and a great area, a great community. So it, it checked the boxes of wanting to be at a school where um, it's a successful school and a good place for kids to go to school. And with that, you know, the community goes right along with it. Um, Cherokee County, um, it's a bigger county. Uh, there are six high schools in Cherokee. Um, they're all six or seven A. So, um, you know, some resources that they can provide. Uh, there are some things at Woodstock High School that – our difficulties here, I'll say, within our county, and um, and that's nothing against Eastside High School. That's just you know reality of, of two different locations. Um, and at my point in my career, um, looking at the opportunity um, of a good place with with some good people involved, uh, Principal Mark Smith is, is a great man up there. Uh, working with him through this process, and Athletic Director Chris Bennett. Um, you know, from day one, it's it, they've been top notch. And everybody I've dealt with from Dr. Hightower, the superintendent, to all of his county level executive staff have been fabulous. And uh, I, I, the positive vibe uh, that they have for athletics and student athletes, um, as well as as the schools and the communities, um, ha has been, you know, a real positive factor in all this. You know, when you spend as long as you have at one school and have the success that you've had and you know, I've been just a big part of the community for so long. How difficult of a decision was this to to pull the pull the trigger on this and, and make the move? Yeah, it's hard, man. Uh, no doubt about it. it, it it's bittersweet um, is the best way I can put it, because this is, uh, like I said, this is a special place to me and my family. Um, so it, it made me going through the process the way I wanted it to be, where um, it had to be the right fit. It, 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 I could be extremely selective uh, with an opportunity if it arose because I'm at a great place and um, that makes all the difference in the world. Um, so it wasn't like trying to get out of town as fast as you can. Uh, definitely not in a situation that, that I didn't like. Um, that obviously, in every program, there's things that, that you deal with 
you know, from the NFL on, on down that, that you can't change or, or, or maybe aren't ideal. But uh, it wasn't a situation where I felt like I had to get out of here. So uh, when I'm going through that process and, and, and leading on a lot of other good head coaches that have been through the process as well, um, it allowed me some freedom to, like you said, really dig into the place, really find out what it's all about with the community and the school and the leadership uh, before making that decision. How many trips over there did you make before you made this decision? A couple. <laughs> what was uh? What, what were those? Trips I, don't, like? I don't know. I don't know the number. <laughs> were those were those exciting trips? Just to you know, you know, drive around town and you know, check out the football stadium and the school and whatnot. Yeah, that's that's the way it starts, and then, and then you're able to you know dig deeper, um, you know, and then. Uh, the football community in the States is usually pretty tight and, and knowing coaches that have been there or, or are there in the area um, or around it um, was extremely helpful as well. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of great men in this business. And when we face off against each other, everybody wants to beat each other. But at the end of the day, um, we all know that we're in the same boat here with, with what we're doing. And I think that's what, what really makes, um, made this decision and makes it a, a lot easier when you've got some feedback from, from the outside as well. And, and I mean, like you said, not being rain out of town or anything like that, or feeling like you had to get away, you're allowed to be a little more choosy. Was there anything that, you know, would have been a deal breaker? Like, okay, they don't have a Chick-fil-A in this town. Like, uh, so I can't come here or, or something like, I mean, as far as, you know, maybe outside of the school thing, but just when you're, I mean, cause you are finding a community to, you know, spend some part of your life in. So was there any right. like weird things like that maybe that you're looking for or, um, you know, I come from a no stoplight town, country kid in South Dakota, so I'm not hard to please. <laughs> uh, we always talked about it, you know, these, I call them these city guys, these metro guys, you know, they, they'd frown at going to live in Cairo or Peach County. I'm like, man, that, that, that's not that big a deal, man. I can, I can be out in the country. It's no, no big thing. But, uh, no, I think, um, you know, still being close enough to the metro area without being completely in it. And I say that where, where Woodstock is, is a bigger community. There's a lot going on around it. Um, I don't think there were any necessarily deal breakers outside of, of um, you know, the school things you talked about. You know, the leadership of the county and the school was, was a huge factor. Um, you know, those boxes were checked. Um, you know, you're, you're always going to want facility improvements and things like that um, as, as you move forward. But I think, you know, just the overall feel of the community, um, I don't think I can put my finger on one thing, but, I, you know, it's a good place to live, a good place to raise your family. And, uh, and like I said, the other part is the school systems are really, really good. You know, my son's going to be a freshman. So, um, you know, leaving eighth grade, going into high school, him being in a good situation um, school-wise is always important to us too. Right. And speaking of facilities, man, how excited are you that uh, the Woodstock has its own football stadium, and you you no longer have to worry about sharing a stadium with two other schools? Yeah, it'll be different. It'll be different. I'll have to cut my bus request in half so we don't have to take a bus to our to our own stadium. You know right. that. <laughs> um, you know, I love Sharp. Sharp's a great stadium, but but there is something about it. You know, Coach Carn said it too. Um, you know, being a guy that works for me now and and played here of you know, walking out of your facility onto your field. Um, and he never had that experience. And, and uh, just being able to use that as a, um, 
a focal point of your program, uh, drives revenue, drives advertising. It's a community uh, place where, where your school can take a lot of pride in. And, you know, the soccer plays there, lacrosse plays there, you know, they host track meets there and it's, it's, it's your facility. And um, I think that's real important. Yeah. I mean, I, I had a love hate relationship with Sharp Stadium. Yeah. Uh, it's old. You have to share it with two other schools. I mean, and for crying out loud, you guys had to play a second round playoff game at another high school's field. We were, we were talking about that. Uh, pro- producer Jake was actually there with me that game when you guys beat Burke County on a, a very, right. very fond memory of mine, I'm sure, of yours too. But Absolutely. that's just kind of the quirks that came with, with uh, Sharp Stadium with so many teams playing there and, and the field getting beat up over the course of a season that you, you, you had no idea what it was going to look like once playoff time came around. Yeah, we, you know, there's years we've gotten really, really lucky where the rain, the timing of the rain has, right. has helped us out. But yeah, you're right. That that part of it is um, an advantage. And then, you know, at Woodstock, the youth programs are able to play on it. Um, so your kids coming up through, you know, the not only the county programs, but um, what will be our middle school programs, our junior Wolverines, you know, they get to play on, on, the, on the big field. And um, there's something about those kids stepping on that field and uh obviously our goal is we want them all to want to be wolverines and for them to be able to play on that field every week and have our guys there watching them is is a big deal right and you spoke of you know some of your your coaching staff from east side that you've been been around and been with for a long time coach iverson coach coffin um yeah when you've been around guys that long was it difficult to have to sit them down or call them up and say hey i'm moving on and I'm not going to be here anymore. Absolutely. And that's one of the toughest things about this. Uh, You know, the kids, uh, the school, the the relationships we have here and, um, and and my staff, because they're, they're a great group of men. Uh, A lot of us have been together a long time. And um, you know, when, when you're, when you're invested like they are and and you know that you're going to drop some, you know, a major change on them, um, you worry about that uh, because again, uh, they, they've been fantastic here. I tell people all the time, man, they're, they're the they're the engine driving this thing, uh, no doubt about it. You know, they're, they're the field generals, the guys taking care of it every day, and, and people don't see um, necessarily everything that assistant coaches do, and those guys have been top-notch for me. And so, you know, I, and the other part of this is that it makes it um, – easier to make my decision was also I, I felt like they're in a really really good spot as a staff and um, uh, knowing that moving forward that uh, our program's in good hands they're going to move forward and, and build on the success we've already had no doubt about it right what do you feel like you're going to miss the most about your days at Eastside I mean I, there's a lot of days when, you, when you're there for 16 years there's a lot I'm sure there's countless fond memories that you that you have yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, I've got some some close friends in the building. You know, it talked beyond the coaching staff of, you know, people I work with on a, on a daily basis. Uh, you know, obviously with the administration, uh, been with all of them for a long time. Um, some folks in my department and, and other coaches in the building. We've got a really good community of coaches at Eastside that they get along and, and work together. Um, you know, thinking about walking down to this office, I'm, I'm outside looking at the field house. I'm actually sitting on the, on the field. It's beautiful out here today. Um, you know, how many, how many trips and how many hours have been spent in that office um, over the last, we didn't have the facility right away, but, you know, talk about the last 15 years of time spent in there. Um, 
you know, uh, just just trying to, you know, help our kids be successful, uh, trying to game plan to win another game. You know, the, the hours spent there. And, and that's uh, – you, you don't look back too much, but that's something I'm going to miss, you know. No doubt about it, just because it's, it's a huge part of who I am, and it's, it's honestly why I'm in this position to take the Woodstock job. So I, I got to look back at that, and um, it helped build me as a coach to where I am today. Right. When you look at the state of the the Woodstock program, I know it's it's a fairly new school. It hasn't been around for you know that long. Um, right. You know, so I guess you can't say it has a huge, rich history. It's had some success. It's had some winning seasons here yeah. and there. I think five career playoff appearances overall. Um, so what what excites you the most about a program that? you know, isn't some powerhouse by any means, but uh, I'm guessing a program that you feel like you can come in and, you know, change the culture in some ways and, um, you know, turn it into a really successful program up there. I think you just said it. I think uh, Woodstock is about the same age as Eastside. Um, right. So there's some parallels there with not having that rich tradition in history. Um, so when you look at you know, the opportunity to, to build a program. I think there's some really, really good pieces in place uh, with the area, the size of the school. Um, there's resources there where it's going to take work, no doubt about it, um, but but they have had some success in the past. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, things just haven't been working out lately. And um, I, I think when you look at, at big picture, you know, what you hope to do is, is build that culture, build those expectations, and... Um, move forward and and i won't say it's the same situation at east side because it's it's two very very different situations but uh, anytime you're going to rebuild a program kind of like we talked about with east side um you know those standards and expectations and, and the culture goes with it uh, are your critical factors so when i look at it there's a lot of people that are excited about football there um and and that's that's exciting to me and that that's a huge part of it um, it's mean, it means something to them. Um, and then secondarily, the, the success of the school and other programs. Um, so the schools had a, um, a very, very good reputation. You know, they're competitive in other areas across the board. So when you look at um, what's being done at the school now and in the, the vision of administration, um, it aligns with what we would like to do as a football program. Yeah, and um, and so how would you, I guess, describe yourself as a coach? You know, from an X's and O's standpoint, um, you know, just for people, I'm thinking back. So back when I played football, you know, and was in high school, my senior year, um, we had a new coach coming in, and, and I remember that process like pretty vividly, where where we have a new guy, and all we know is the name, and, and immediately, you know, my old teammates and stuff, you know, start googling, you know. What is this, you know, trying to find out like anything we can find out about this person. So, um, I mean, what would you, you know, is, is there, I guess, you know, if there are players listening to this right now, what, what would you want them to know about you or how would you describe yourself? Yeah, I think first things first is I, I, I believe it's a player's game. Um, and, and the players are the ones that make plays and we've, we've placed a premium on that here. Um, you know, as coaches, we're going to make a lot of decisions. And, and what our job is to do is to put that student athlete in position to be successful, whether that's in the classroom or on the field, in the weight room and training, and then you know, helping them beyond. 
Um, I've always looked at it as, you know, the big picture of as coaches, we've got a tremendous opportunity and what I always hope our program does for our student athletes is help them take that next step for when they leave us, whether that be the college field, whether that be a job, um, whether that be just going to school. So, you know, from the beginning, it's, it's not just about ball, you know, it's gotta be bigger than that. Uh, from there, we, we have uh, high expectations with, with being high effort guys in, in everything we do, uh, being competitive. And, and then the last thing, which is probably, you know, most important, they all fit together is, being a great teammate, playing together. Um, I think football is the greatest game on the planet to teach those things. It's tough. Uh, your practice to play ratio is, is higher than any other sport. Um, it's not easy. Uh, it, it can be a grind, and you have to prepare in the off season. And then when you get into the team aspect, um, you know your success a lot of times is determined by guys that are never going to touch the football. So that's uh, that's a different game than a lot of uh, you know, what we see today. You know, I love baseball and I love basketball, but you can have a pitcher go out on the on the hill and, and throw a, a no hitter and win, and you went over three. Um, that can't happen in football. We, we say it takes all eleven, and it, and it truly does. So from a from a team perspective, um, that part of it's usually our focus. Um, that, that everybody's got to pull, we all got to pull in the same direction. Uh, schematically, uh, I've been an offensive guy my entire career. Um, I still spend a lot of time on special teams and, uh, and defense as well, but, um, you know, fundamentally sound and, and personnel driven. Um, we've evolved over the years with our system. Uh, our system, we believe um, and, and what we hope as coaches is flexible enough to, you know, emphasize the personnel we have. Uh, and, and that's been the key is whether we're running it or throwing it or how we're running it or throwing it, that we're not coming up with a new offense. Uh, it, it's not an offense of the week or something new every year that within our system, we're able to make our adjustments and focal points on how it fits, you know, our players or, or the opponent. And I think, that's helped us as well. We've had a lot of continuity with, with, uh, with scheme on all sides of the ball. And obviously, Colin, you've watched this a lot. We, we look different from, from year to year. Absolutely. Um, you know, this take this year, and this year was by necessity. Uh, you know, Jay Woods goes down five, day, five days before game one. Uh, we didn't install a new offense. Uh, we just went to some different personnel groupings and, and emphasized more of the run game. Um, just because that's what we had to do at that time and it fit Dayton better. Uh, our, our passing game shrunk to fit what um, basically he was comfortable with, with five days of prep before being a quarterback. And, and as we evolved with, with him, uh, the calls remained the same. Um, you know, we didn't change blocking schemes. You know, week to week, it became, what are we going to emphasize with, with these players at this time? And then uh, when Jay comes back, um, who was a little bit limited with mobility, um, we didn't have as much of the quarterback run game involved. Uh, when you were talking about RPO game with him, we kept him as second level reads outside of a handful. And, uh, you know, his focus was driving the ball down the field, uh, more of a pocket guy, still, still elusive, still could move. But we also knew he was dealing with, you know, just getting out of a boot and, and moving forward. So, you know, defensively, the same thing. We could have been in an odd or even front 
but we had calls for it. We didn't have to come in and say, okay, now we're a deep front defense. Um, we were able to make those adjustments. And what was really good this year with defense and, and Coach Ross and his staff did a tremendous job is uh, the capacity of our kids to make adjustments on the fly, um, you know, within game or, or, you know, prior to a game, making a tweak um, or, or a, a full-on adjustment um, within our terminology and system that they, they were bought into it. They trusted each other, which is the biggest thing and could execute it. Yeah, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head there, Coach. If, if anybody listening from Woodstock, and I hope there's a lot listening from Woodstock right now, if, if they want any idea of, of the type of coach you are, just look at this past 2020 season. I mean, there's no no reason with, with everything that happened, with losing your quarterback, like you said, right before the season started, having to play a wide receiver at quarterback for the first handful of games, and to, to, to win 10 games, win two playoff games, uh, in COVID with all that, you know, all that chaos that, that came with COVID. Um, I think that just says everything you need to know about the type of coach you, you are and, and the, and the type of staff that you've always had around you, um, to have that much success in, in this past season. Uh, you said it right there. The staff was a big part of that. Um, you know, those guys, those guys didn't flinch either. Um, you know, it, unfortunately in this game, injuries are part of it. And, and, in you know, and you see it at the top level as well. When when a key player goes down, especially a quarterback, how it affects everything. And um, you know, I got to give Dayton Green a lot of credit stepping in as quarterback. We just had our banquet last night, and he was, you know, Golden Helmet MVP, team captain. Um, you want to talk about a you know a poster child for being a team player and and stepping up to the plate. Um, you know, a kid that bought in. I can't say enough things about him. And then Jay Woods being ready. Know, ready to go doing everything he needed to do to stay ready mentally and physically so that when when the time did come you know greedy could go back home to wide out which strengthens that position group and, and then you get your guy back who's waited his entire career to to, to lead the team um so you know very proud of those two guys you know beyond beyond their exceptional play how they handled themselves uh, on a daily basis all the work they did um, and with that the, the team believed in them Y'all know this. Uh, if, if the team has confidence in that guy stepping on the field, man, that, that changes everything. And, and that's the key key part to playing quarterback. Um, everybody looks at arm strength and, and all that talent and all those things. But at the end of the day, when that guy walks on the field, and the other 10 in the huddle believe in him and everybody else, and the defense knows that, that they can lean on him, uh, that, that changes everything. Right. So, you know, I've, like I've said before, I just said a minute ago, I've always given you a lot of credit for having a good staff around you and, and having guys you can trust. And, you know, so you don't have to worry about, you know, trying to micromanage every little thing. I know you you, you, you hire your guys and you let them, you know, do what they do best. And I'm sure you, you, you want to bring that to, to uh, Woodstock with you. But with, with the guys like Cawthon and, and Iverson, I'm guessing they're, they're, not, they're not planning on coming over there with you. So are you have you been working on, you know, putting the, putting together a staff and are there any east side guys that might be coming over there with you yeah that's all in progress right now um you know and some of those things we got to work through and, and um, some of those decisions um are ongoing uh, but yeah you, you know that that's a critical factor in football uh, of the staff um and again i can't say enough about those guys and over the years i've had great staff where you're right. I don't. I don't worry about what's happening. I know they're they're taking care of their business, um, and you know our our kids are getting coached, and uh, every position's ready to go on Friday night. And, and I think that's 
that's the key factor. Um, and you got to have guys in that room that get along. Um, you got to have that, uh, that relationship in the, in the coach's office, uh, because the kids see it. Um, and, and again, if, if you have dissension there, we've always talked about, it's hard enough to win games on Friday night, man. It's, it's, it's tough in and of itself. So you want to eliminate any of those outside forces that, that pull away from the mission. Um, and, and again, keeping everybody on the same page, but still being able to challenge each other. Uh, we're all competitive guys. And, you know, when you're, when you're out there on Tuesday inside and you want to, you want to beat the other guy at the end of the day, and, and that's made our team better. And our coaches have embraced that. Right. I guess with high school, it's it's a little more difficult and challenging to put together a staff because you have to, you know, make sure whatever they're teaching at their prior school has got an opening at the new school. It's not like college where you can just kind of right. throw together, you know, whoever you want. Um, so has this been kind of a fun and stressful process of trying to put put together a staff like this? I guess for the first time, because you know, I guess it was a little different situation with you taking over at Eastside, having already been there and being able to keep a lot of those guys, I'm guessing. So well, what's this, what's this process been like so far, just trying to look around the state and um, find some guys that you might be interested in bringing on? Yeah, you, you, you said it, it, it is stressful because it is, it's gotta be a fit. Um, it's gotta be a fit with administration. It's gotta be a fit with, with the teaching position and, and those expectations. Um, and it can be challenging because positions are, are you know, very rarely do you have a situation where a, a position just can be created for somebody. Um, and I know people listening in the, the South Georgia situations are sometimes different with, with getting staff on and, and every program is different, to be honest with you. Some have more openings and resources uh, as far as different buildings and different, you know, situations. So going through that process has been good. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, you lean on a lot of guys, you know, and trust for references. Um, when you're trying to build a staff and, and even when I've uh, had to hire new coaches here, um, going back to that fraternity of, of coaches of, of guys I lean on for advice. And um, if you get good solid references with guys that have worked at a high level and solid programs and coaches you trust, um, you know, that, that goes a long ways when you, when you're trying to build a staff, uh, especially if you don't have personal knowledge of the guy. And, uh, but no, we're working through that, you know, to, you know, to get the best fit, um, and, and again, you're right. It's got to fit with the school. Have you had a chance to meet any of the, uh, any of the guys that you're going to be coaching next year or? Yes, I've, I've been on campus on and off over the last two weeks. Um, I'll actually be going back up there, uh, this next week for three days before I finish out, uh, my final, uh, couple days at Eastside. So yeah, I've been able to, to be in, in, in the, in the first period weight training, um, had a team meeting, um, the day after it was announced that Friday morning. Um, so I've been able to work through and, and uh, even though I'm not officially there till March 8th, I've, I've been able to spend quite a bit of time there. How, how has that experience been? I guess like getting to know them and everything. Yeah, it's a lot because um, I'm getting acclimated to, uh, you know, a, a new situation with um, a new school, uh, new procedures, meeting people um, and, and then working with my, my touchdown club, uh, but it's been really, really good. Uh, the, you know, the cool part about it is uh, they, they've embraced me and, and welcomed me and, and helped me along the way. So um, it's not all me bringing in, uh, you know, a 180 change. Uh, you know, I think that's that's the biggest thing to evaluate of 
yes, there will be changes. There'll be things that we do different. Um, I'm, I don't have full knowledge of, of what the, the last staff did, but also um, when you're looking at the community and, and the involvement and Touchdown Club, there are some things that they do really, really well. And they're the, the folks that are embedded in the community uh, that are already invested uh, and their kids are playing. So leaning on them um, has been huge because uh, like I said, there's some hardworking folks there that uh, take a lot of pride in it, and they're they're really excited about moving forward. And they've given you the spot, right? Like, I mean, the the restaurants, the hit, and everything. I know it sounds like I'm talking about food a lot, but like, I mean, they've they <laughs> given you the the down low information, like, hey, you got to hit up this place. Yeah, uh, definitely. There, there's some good places downtown Woodstock, um, and, and when you look at that, uh, tying it back to the program, uh, there's a lot of really really good strong. Uh, sponsors and proponents of Woodstock High School um, that would be in that category. So that's an exciting part about it. And, and meeting some of those people, uh, getting out in the business, getting out in the community. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, we're selling our product and uh, we want them to be a part of that. And, and that's a huge part of, of success and why, uh, why Eastside and the community has embraced us. Uh, we look at it as a partnership and, um, it's a chance for us to put our product on display, but at the same time, um, those those community members, those businesses, uh, to be part of it and, and be a big part of it on Friday night, and and uh, we're excited about building that. And I think that's always really, really important with the program um, that you you got to have that support. Um, it's a strong community. Um, it's a, it's a thriving area. It's growing. There, there's a lot of business in the area. And uh, we want to tap into that and, and be partners with them. Yeah, Troy Hop, the salesman, getting started early. <laughs> you know, that, that's a big part of this job, man. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, the football doesn't run for free. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's uh, the game. It's an expensive game in certain parts. Uh, but also when you want to give the kids the experience and, and uh, when you look at other programs and what they're doing, the financial part of it is always a big deal. Um, and I know football can generate a lot of revenue as well, um, you know, and help help the school and, and other programs. But um, it's it's more than just about money, though, too. And I know we talk about that because um, helmets are expensive and pads and all that. But uh, it's the community support that when, when you're playing on Friday night, that our kids are, are playing in front of a home pack side. Um, and when you have those those sponsors where you've got the signs up everywhere and the scoreboard's running, uh, where you create that game day experience for them and you're able to uh, sell your product on the field that, that those people want to be part of that. So I think that's a, I, like I said, I've said it before, there's a lot of critical factors, but uh, that, that community involvement and, and that relationship with the people uh, that are right there invested, um, that, that's a huge part of it. Right. And one thing I've always wondered, I don't think I've ever talked to a coach about this. So, you know, you're at Eastside, you accept a head coaching job at another school. What's that, what's that dynamic like? Like, I guess you are, you've already kind of said it, you're not going to finish the, the full semester out at Eastside. So is it almost kind of awkward, you know, these, these last few weeks? Like, how, how do you make that move in the middle of a semester like that and, you know, start focusing on Woodstock? Because, you know, you know, before you know it, you know, spring football will be rolling around and, and yeah. you, you've got to get going for the next football season with Woodstock. Um, I wouldn't say it's awkward, but I, you know, I've been living in two worlds a little bit, um, you know, making sure everything's, um, done the right way here and, and, and they've been nothing but fabulous to me here, you 
you know, through this process and then taking care of my guys here and making sure everything's set for them um, during this transition time. You know, Coach Cawthon's the intern head coach, and um, he's done a hell, hell of a job, you know, and he, he's been, um, you know, with me through all this. I've been with him, you know, and he, he knows how, how it operates, and he's in a great position. So, you know, moving forward, um, not awkward, but it, it's different knowing that, um, I'm not going to be driving up to work here every day. Um, you know, my office in the field house and, uh, you know, we, like we talked before that time spent that that's, that's changing. And, and so I think it's, you know, wrapping my mind around, um, that happening. And, and, but at the same time doing a lot of work on the other end before I officially start. So, um, you know, since the announcement, there's been, been a lot going on, um, as being a head football coach in a new program. So that part of it hasn't stopped. And again, uh, the support here from folks has been great. And, uh, you know, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to do it that way without it. And, um, but you know, it is different, you know, a mid-year move, um, that change, it'll be a change for my family. Uh, there's a lot of change that goes with it off the field as well. So, uh, just making sure we got everything in place for it to happen. Right. Putting a lot of miles on the car. I'm sure this past few weeks, put a few on. Yep. Well, Coach, we really can't thank you enough for coming on. I mean, um, you know, I've, I've always considered you a pretty good friend of mine and wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. And I, I know, with all, you know, with the success I've seen on the field from Eastside, there's no doubt in my mind that um, that'll be able to translate over to, to Woodstock. I hope so. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your coverage over the years. I always enjoyed it. Uh, you need to get up there. There's a, there's some, there's some good golf courses up there we can hit. So, uh, yeah, I was about to ask you that. I'm like, man, you, you're making some up, good man. money now, man. You're over there in, the, <laughs> in a good rich area, man. I'm going to need an invite to one of these golf courses up here. Yeah, man. Come on up. We'll work it out. Maybe I can, uh, work that with our corporate sponsors, uh, legally yeah. on the books. Even better. Something out. <laughs> Even better, man. Yeah. Hopefully, man, you, who knows, man, maybe I'll get to cover a Woodstock game here before it's all said and done. I would, I, that's definitely high on my list now. Hopefully we're in the playoffs playing some Gwinnett school. Let's go. Let's go that way. There you go. I always thought I always thought you might end up in Gwinnett one day, but uh, this is a uh, doesn't surprise me that you're over in that area now. Uh, awesome, man. No, I appreciate y'all. Uh, it's been a great ride here. I can't, like I said, I can't say enough good things about this place. And I know, I know they're gonna drive forward and be uh, um, moving forward. I, you know, I I still bleed green, but but now it's we are Woodstock. For sure. All right, man. Well, uh, we won't take up any more of your time, and uh, we'll have to talk soon for sure. Yes, sir. I appreciate having me on, guys. Take all care. Right, hey, good you, talking coach. to you, Coach. All right. See you all. Man, I mean, just thinking back, just being able to have a podcast to go into, and, I mean, as, as you know, going back to 2013, I mean, we're, we're searching for anything on our new coach, and just to be able to – have a podcast at our disposal and be like, Hey, here's an hour of your new guy getting to listen to that or whatever. I mean, you know what we would have done for something like that. I mean, I think there was like one article we could find just a little bit on the coach or whatever and, and get to know that. And so just, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, just being able to it's just a luxury. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the way things have changed and everything and, and us being able to do this, you know, and, and now, I mean, these kids, I mean, gonna get to get to know their guy before they get to know their guy you know and and 
what that would have been like. I mean, just the excitement. I mean, because as soon as we knew a name, we were just Googling everything we could find, you know, anything we could do to find out just the littlest thing, you know, whether we're going to be, you know, a spread offense or whatever, this or that, you know, and, and everything. And I mean, just to have that at your disposal, I mean, it seems, seems like a fun time. Yeah, I mean, that's the main goal of the podcast at the end of the day. Like, we want to, we get to learn about coaches. Like, obviously, I already knew Coach Hoff, and you knew him a little bit, a little of him a little mm -hmm. bit. But, you know, we get to learn about a new area in Woodstock. I've only been to Woodstock maybe once or two times in my life. You might not have I ever. Know, I don't know if I've ever been. Yeah, it's know. it's a, it's a nice area for sure. So, yeah, I always, so far, I'm really enjoying this, and I hope a lot of Woodstock people are listening and um, getting to know about Coach Hoff because from my experiences, there might not be a better X's, X's and O's football coach that I know, like that I've personally covered. This guy is fantastic. He's going to do great things at Woodstock. Would not shock me at all if we, you know, come back here five years from now and they've won two or three playoff games. Like no doubt in my mind because Coach Hoff, he's going to put a good staff around him. I know he's busy right now trying to figure out what he's going to do with right. that, and that's that's stressful, man, because – like we just talked about, it's not like college where you can just call up, you know, 10 guys and sign them up and right. we're ready to go. Like, no, you know, if this guy's a math teacher, we got to make sure there's a math opening. If this guy's a PE teacher, we got to make sure there's a PE opening. So I'm sure there's a lot of finagling, a lot of finessing that has to go on to, to fill out a staff. And you might not be able to get all the guys that you want, which is probably difficult. But, you know, that's just that's just the perks of a college or high school football. I remember, I remember those days, and I mean, and they were, you know, even just as a player, I mean, that, that stuff was stressful. I can't imagine what the coaches are going through, but I mean, it, it's a fun time, I'm sure, and I mean, he seemed excited about it, which is, is nice to hear, and, and we wish him nothing but the best, you know, because, I mean, I mean, that was fun. So. For sure. So, so far, what, this is episode four? I think so. We've yeah. had some pretty good success as far as views go. Um, you know, we need to get those subscribers up, guys, so <laughs> please help us out. We're at 41 subscribers at the time of recording this, so hopefully that number's higher by the time you're actually seeing this video, but um, hitting that subscribe button right down there would, would give us a big boost. I mean, we're not we're not making any money doing this, okay? We, we That's a long-term goal of ours, but for now, we're just doing this because we love high school sports, and we feel like this is a niche and, and something that a lot of people would be interested in, in listening to and watching, and so far, that's been true. But so That's any great. little thing that you can do to help us out, hitting that subscribe button, finding us on, um, you know, finding our audio only versions on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, like Google Podcasts. It, We're simple. on everything. It's simple. All you have to do is just pull up your computer and then watch the video and then do that on every single computer, you know, in your county, in your city, wherever. I mean, just all you have to do is pull up on your phone and then just watch the entire thing on every single screen that you have access to. I right. mean, it's not that much of an ask, is it? Like, no, I mean, not at all. <laughs> and I don't think we've mentioned on, on air so far that we have a Facebook page, which is going to be very key for us. So if you just go to Facebook, type in Catching Up With Chubbs, should pop right up. Um, hit a like on there too, because the more likes we can get on Facebook, the more we can, you know, blast this out to people on Facebook. Because we know there's a lot of parents, especially parents, might, might not be as many players, and we're kind of using Instagram and Twitter to to reach out to players in that way. But as far as the parents go, hit that like on Facebook, share our videos, and and spread the word because that, that all that 
all that will do is just help us grow and grow and grow. Yeah. And, and get involved, you know, I mean, if you, if you have questions for us, if you have, you know, Hey, we'd like to see this person on or whatever, we'd Absolutely. like to, we'd like to hear about this. We'd like to, you know, know about that. I mean, if you have questions for us, you want to ask, I mean, why does Colin look so goofy? I don't, I don't know, but, <laughs> but just, uh, you know, I mean, anything, just reach out. And I mean, and, I mean, we want this to be a community, you know, of ourselves a little bit. And so, and, and, you know, if there are, you know, guests that you want to hear from or people you want to hear from, I mean, that's stuff that we need to know. And I mean, and we'll go out and do our best to do that yeah you can we're all on social media i'm on you just look at the description below you can find my twitter account you can find jake's twitter account you can find facebook instagram twitter whatever hit us with a message if you want to want us to interview somebody um you know yeah that's all if you want to be interviewed i mean i mean maybe we can yeah i've had a lot of people hit us up and i mean at the end of the day you know we got to be kind of selective with who we interview (laughs) i mean we want to get a decent amount of views. I don't think we can just go and interview any random person and expect to get a couple hundred views on it. So at the end of the day, we do have to be some some <laughs> sort of selective, but um, we'll take anything and everything into consideration. Yes, sir, for sure. So, I mean, I mean, obviously, if you found us here, then we're available here, but we're also available in other places like YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts now. I mean, we're anywhere that you find a podcast. We're on it. Whatever you do, yeah. So, all right, guys, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week with another episode. Not gonna, we already know what it's going to be, the following one, but we're not going to say it yet. We're Ooh, not going to spoil it. A little tease. Not yeah. going to spoil it yet, but it's a good one. We already recorded it. It's a good one. You'll just have to tune in. For sure. All right, guys, we'll see you later.